0: I've called this message, When the Impossible Becomes Possible. Jesus spoke about impossibilities, and then he declared possibilities. That's what I'm going to preach throughout this morning. Father, we ask that you will honor the reading and the preaching and the declaration of your word by visiting us with mighty anointing. We ask that the work of the Holy Spirit will be apparent, will be clear in our hearts and in our minds as the word of God is shared with us. I ask, Lord, that you will come down in the mighty expression of your spirit and power and glory as you have said that you will because we walk with you and trust you. Our prayer, Lord, is that every person in this place today will be touched by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Imagine yourself in this position. You are someone who has never heard the message of salvation. Nobody has ever talked to you about coming to Christ, about being saved, about going to heaven. You just don't know. And then something starts to stir in your heart and you begin thinking about eternity. What's out there? What's the answer? And you go to someone looking for the answer, and you go to someone who's well experienced, who's known to be a spiritual person, and and you and you say to that person, well, what would I have to do to go to heaven? And that person says to you, well, you must be born again. What would you think? You would think, I asked this guy a reasonable question and he gave me a stupid answer. Nicodemus came to Jesus. He slipped in under the shades of night because he didn't want it known that he was coming to Jesus for answers to his eternal life-searching questions. But he said to Jesus, Rabbi, teacher, We know that you're a man who's come from God. And Jesus, the first thing Jesus said to him, before Nicodemus could even inquire of what he wanted, the first thing Jesus said to him, if you want to go to heaven, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was in consternation. He said to Jesus, what you and I would say, if we had never heard it before and somebody said, you must be born again. He said, how can a person be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb and have a second birth? And that's the question that's asked. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus was stating the impossible. He said, you must be born again. And do you know that in the history of the world, From the time of man's beginning on earth until now, it has never been recorded that a person has ever been born a second time. Have you ever heard of anybody who went to the hospital and had a baby and said, oh, I had this same baby last year. (laughs) I've already got this baby at home. What happened? No, you haven't. Because that's never happened. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's never going to happen. So, if somebody comes to you with a new revelation and says, when Jesus was talking about being born again, he was talking about you have to go through the process of pregnancy all over again and be born a second time. No, that's not what he was saying. But that's what Nicodemus thought he was saying because Nicodemus wasn't familiar with the nomenclature of what Jesus was teaching him. A lot of people in the world today, you talk to them about spiritual things, they don't know any more what you're talking about than if you're speaking to them in a foreign language. You might as well be down talking in tongues to them that they don't understand because even in English, what you're saying in English, they have no idea what you're talking about. They don't know what the new birth means. They don't know what, you say, you must be saved. Saved from what? I didn't even I didn't, I didn't know I needed to say, well, you're lost. Well, I did. You, you need to come to Jesus. You need to find Jesus. Well, I didn't know he was lost. What do you mean? So, so, so I'm, you, you see, what the things that we say that we know and are understood to us are strange to the world, and it, it, it reasonably so. Just like it was when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, I want you to know that Jesus speaks about impossibilities. Nicodemus, after he got through talking to Jesus, I doubt would have been able to explain the new birth, what he was talking about. But Jesus did go on to explain to him that this is a spiritual process because you can't tell the wind is blowing. You see the effects of the wind, but you can't tell where the wind's coming from, that it's blowing He gave all that that explanation to say that this is a spiritual thing that I'm talking to you about. So I'm telling you that Jesus says things that most people, the majority of people would say are impossible. I'll give you another example. There was a time when a man, a young man, the scripture says, came to Jesus and he wanted to know what he had to do to have eternal life. And Jesus said, you know the commandments, keep your commandments. He said, I've kept all these from my youth up. I've been a good, moral, upstanding individual, Master. And Jesus said, well, that's wonderful. There's only one thing that you need to do now. You need to go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. And the young man went away with great sorrow because he was very rich. Now, Jesus took that as an occasion to speak to his disciples. And he said, how difficult it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, in fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now everybody here can jump up and say, praise God he didn't say that for everybody, because I ain't rich. (laughs) But, But the fact of the matter is he was talking about everybody, not just rich people. You see, the the reason he used that was because the the young man was rich, and that's the reason he used that. But he also used it because people thought, as many people do today, that the more you have of this world's goods, the more spiritual you are, the closer you are to God, the more God's favored you. There are a lot of people who believe that today. It's not true. So Jesus said, and and let me tell you another thing, just to disabuse you of this idea, I don't know where this idea came from of of a... Uh, eye of the needle gate or camel gate or something like that in the wall of Jerusalem. But there's no record historically going back that I've been able to find that that ever existed. And here's the reason. You don't have to explain what Jesus said naturally. You can't explain you must be born again naturally. There's no natural explanation for that. There's no natural explanation for saying it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. There's no natural explanation for that. You can take all the gates that you want to and say the camel's got to get down on his knees and take his burden off and slip through under the gate if you want to. But that doesn't explain what Jesus said. The fact of the matter is, Jesus was saying, It's impossible. It's impossible for you and me to get ourselves ready to go to heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for us to be able to accomplish that. And so his disciples, in great consternation, speaking for themselves, as well as everybody else. They didn't say, well, what about this young man? How can he ever be saved? They said, who then, among all the people, who then can be saved? All of this is in, I didn't, you know, you, you know I'm telling you this from the scripture, don't you? This is all in Matthew 19. So his disciples said, who then can be saved? And Jesus said the answer. And I'm going to give you the answer now in just a moment. Not my answer, but his answer. But I want you to understand the impossibility of the situation. You can't save yourself. You can't enter into your mother's womb and be born again. You can't go over there and even if you don't have a camel loaded down, you yourself, just you alone, would not be able to squirm your way through the eye of a needle. Let me just double check. Nope, there's nobody that small or that skinny here. So you couldn't do it. So how then... How then can we be saved? Jesus said, I want you to get this and understand this now because some of you find this controversial. I hope I make it clear. I want to tell you this. Jesus said, as far as you and I are concerned, it's impossible to be saved. It's impossible. It's impossible. Because he said you must be born again if you want to heaven. I just told you. We can't be born again. Not a second time. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man or for that matter anybody else to enter the kingdom. So what then must we do? And that was the question of his disciples. That was the question of Nicodemus. What can I do? As his disciples said, who then can be saved? Nobody can be saved based on what you're telling us, Master. They understood it. They recognized it. He's putting out an impossible standard. And this is what Jesus said. This is the answer. It's not complicated. Not as far as the Lord's concerned, but this is what Jesus said. With men, let me just read it to you just like he said. With men, this is impossible. All of this, it's impossible with men. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things, the impossible things, become possible. And God has opened up for us a way to heaven through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a miraculous way. It's a way through the impossibilities that we cannot access heaven on our own. That's an impossibility. We cannot access heaven on our own. We have to come through Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to salvation, no other way to God the Father, no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And that's the miracle that he provides when he makes the impossible possible. Of course it was a metaphor when he said, you must be born again. But Nicodemus didn't understand it that way. Of course it was metaphoric when he said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. But they didn't understand it that way until it became clear to them in the process of time with the reality of Jesus' sacrifice and his resurrection and then Jesus was qualified to say, "There is a way, one way and only way, and that is the way to God, and that way to God is the one and only way you can come, and that way is through me and through me alone." Now I know that you're going to have a lot of questions, especially some of you young people, you're going to say about, what about all those people over in the jungles of South America? What about all those people there in the darkness of Africa? What about the Muslims? What about the Jews? Do you know something? God has not ordained me to try to answer those questions. If he had, he would have explained it to me. But he has never explained it to me. And all I can tell you is what the Bible says, what the truth is, and that's what I'm telling you this morning. Everybody who comes to God the Father for salvation is going to come through Jesus Christ because there is no other way. Now, am I willing to trust God to be fair and to use his own mercy and justice? Yes. Am I willing for God to use his grace to save anybody? I'm not putting any limits on God for anybody that he will save or can save. I know he can save anybody, and it doesn't take him long to do it. That's how long it takes, God. Faster than that, he saves somebody. But I'm going to leave it in his hands. What I know is Jesus said, for you and me, I don't, I, I, I've, I've got to be concerned, first of all, where I've made it and I'm right and whether you are made it and you're right because I'm responsible for me and to a large extent I'm responsible for you too to tell you the truth. And so what I'm telling you this morning is that we can't do it on our own because that's impossible. But there is one who makes it possible. There is one who says, what is impossible with man? Just as Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. That's why when Mary questioned her revelation from the angel about a birth to her virgin body, the angel said, With God all things are possible. That's why Job, after all of his trials, struggles, difficulties, complications, in the 42nd chapter of the book that carries his name, Job said, I know that you, God, can do everything. Everything. He can do the impossible, and he does it every single day for you and me and in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus looks at our, our weak, broken lives. We really have nothing to give him, nothing to bring to him except our sinful wandering polluted self At, but we can come to him and in the miraculous power of Jesus it is like starting life all over again thus the, his expression of the new birth it's like beginning all over again if any man be in Christ he is a new creation old things are passed away behold all things have become new is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And so the fact is that there is power for transformation, there is power for restoration and renewal, regeneration and new life in Jesus Christ that is available to us when we access it through Him and take it from Him by faith. God says it's impossible to do it in the natural, and it is. Jesus declares in his word, there is nothing impossible with God. He can take you and get you ready to meet God. If you're not ready to meet the Lord today, he can take your life today and turn you from the path you're on and set you on a path towards heaven and victory and eternal life. Because that's what he does. That's what he does. So when he speaks of the impossible, when he speaks of the impossible, he say what you and I cannot do. He's not saying anything about what he cannot do. He actually is saying what he can do. He's actually saying to him, I can do what you see and know and understand and grasp to be the impossible. So when his disciples heard him say, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, they said, who then can be saved? It's that impossible. Who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with man... With man, it is not possible. It is not possible for you and me, for anybody else. But with God, all things are possible. And so I don't put any limit on that. He not only says it's possible for him, to open the door of salvation to us and lead us into the realm of his kingdom, but he also said everything else that he chooses to do for us, everything else that he wants to bring into our lives, every other miracle he wants to give us, every other answer to prayer he wants to give us, every other triumph he wants to give us is possible with him. It's all possible because there are no, there are no impossibilities with him. If it's possible for him, to give us a new life and a new birth. If it's possible for him to do that, then it's possible for him to do anything. You walk every day. If you're a child of God, you walk every day in a miracle. You walk every day in a miracle. And the miracle is not that God's answered prayer for you yesterday. The miracle is that God has made a provision to save you from your sins and you have accepted that and in that you are walking with him and in his victory, in his salvation, not your salvation, but his salvation and that's the miracle that God started off. That's the miracle that God's put your life in. You live in a miracle every day because salvation is a mighty miracle. Salvation is an impossibility with man. Jesus said, it's unlikely that... For a good man, anybody would die. Possibly for a really close person. Somebody might be willing to give his life, but even so, that's just an individual personal sacrifice. Peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die, he said. But then he said, but God commends his love toward us. Not dying for good people. Dying for bad people. Not dying for righteous people dying for unrighteous people not dying for godly people dying for ungodly people Peradventure adventure for a good man some somebody might be willing to die sacrifice his life for somebody else but god commends his love toward us in the while we were yet sinners not while we were good people but while we were sinners not while we loved him but while we despised him not while we walked with him but while we walked away from him and contrary to him god commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the salvation. That's the miracle. That's the impossibility becoming the possibility. The first lesson of that. And there's so many other things where he proves us. He proves himself to us. You know, one of the great accusations that the people who were the religious leaders thought that they had found to bring against Jesus when he went into the, in to have a meal with people who were known to be sinners. And he did that. He did it more than one time. They criticized him because they said, if this man were really a prophet of God, he would know that the house that he's going into is the house of a sinner. Well, he did know it, but he didn't care. So the greatest criticism, one of the greatest criticisms that was made against Jesus was, he entertained sinners. He, he, he involves himself with sinners. And that's the very reason, that's the very reason you and I are sitting here this morning. Yeah. What they criticized him for most strongly is the reason that we're here today. Because he does. He still does. Christ still receives sinful men. Amen. Hallelujah. He still accepts sinful men and women and children. And he, <laughs> I'm using that word generically. You have to explain things like that today. You say for men. I don't want <laughs> You've got to explain that today. Women, too. (laughs) Young people, too. And I won't go any further than that. Christ receives sinful men. There's a song we used to sing. Wonderful song. Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all. Who the heavenly pathway leave, all who linger, all who fall. Sing it o'er and o'er again, Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. That's the message, friends. That's our message. If we didn't have that message, we would have no message. The very thing that they criticized him so strongly for is the very reason we love him and serve him and walk with him and live for him and are going to walk with him all the way from here into eternity with him because he accepts sinful men, and that includes all of us, every single one of us. None of us came to him out of our righteousness. Not one of us came to him out of our righteousness. We came to him out of our unrighteousness. God led us and brought us forth to him out of our unrighteousness. So, the impossible becomes possible, and then the improbable becomes reality. I want to tell you that when you're looking at an impossible situation, if Jesus is able to bring the possibility out of any impossibility, He is able to produce the reality and the possibility out of every impossibility. Did you you get that? If Jesus is able to produce reality and possibility out of any impossibility, then he is able to produce the possibility and the reality out of every impossibility. That's why Job said, as I quoted a moment ago, my God, I believe you can do everything. He didn't say anything. I believe you can do everything. Hallelujah. Because there are no impossibilities with God. He states an impossible scenario. He declares what's an impossibility. And then he lets us know that he has an answer to that possibility. To that impossibility and he turns it into a reality and a possibility so if that's true with any one thing it's true with everything so whatever you're looking at today is an impossibility in your life God has the answer for that whatever mountain it is that you're facing God has the answer for that you're looking at that mountain and you're wondering how am I going to get past it too wide to go around Too high to get over. Don't have the tools to burrow through it. How am I going to get past it? Well, in faith, in faith. I don't know how God does this. I'm not even sure that I totally understand everything that he's saying when he says this. But he says, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain. Be removed and cast into the sea and it will be done. Now, I've never known of anybody... Grandfather Mountain's been standing there and the smoke is as long as I've known about it. I've still there. Nobody's ever moved it as far as I know. I haven't heard about any of them that have been moved. I've heard about some of them that have been cut down somewhat. I've heard of some of them where they've tunneled through them. Never heard anybody just move one into the sea. And so again, Jesus is stating the impossible. But he is saying, he is saying that what seems to us to be impossible is possible. It's possible. Because of the power of God. Because of our faith and our confidence and our trust in Him. It is not impossible. It is not impossible. Whatever the mountain is in your life, whatever that mountain is, whether it has to do with relationships, whether it has to do with finances, whether it has to do with with issues of health, whatever those mountains are that are in your life, God has the answer and the answer is trust me, trust me, trust me because what is impossible to everybody else and what is impossible in every other scenario and what is impossible to all the world and nobody can tell you that there is any kind of an answer for it, I got the answer the Lord says, with me all things are possible, Amen. hallelujah, all things are possible. Job said, I believe my God can do everything. Hallelujah. We used to sing that chorus. My God can do anything, anything, anything. My God can do anything. He made this earth with all its fullness and all that time shall bring. My God can do anything. And I'll go to say, my God can do, as Job said, my God can do everything. What are you dealing with today? It's not beyond the scope of God's ability to handle. What is your problem or your issue or your difficulty? What's your mountain that you can't get past? Something in your life, in your life. I know you and I don't totally understand. We don't have the total answer in our grasp. That's because we still live in this body. But what we do have is a comprehension that what God says is true. And I don't know how God's going to take me through over past that mountain. I don't know how God's going to get me on the other side of that mountain. I don't know if he's going to give me strength to climb it and go down the other side. That's the same thing as moving it, getting it out of our way. I don't know if he's going to guide me, put a rope around me, let me walk around the edge and keep me from falling to doom as I make it around the edge and get over on the other side? I don't know if he's going to have somebody come by and say, we have just finished our engineering and we've got to send a railroad track through there and we're going to cut a tunnel all the way through it. And then they cut the tunnel through it and I can walk through it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you because I don't know. But here's what I do know. There's no mountain too big for God. There's no problem too big for God. There's no complication too difficult for God. There's no formula that he can't resolve. There's nothing so complex that he can't straighten it out. Nothing, nothing, nothing that is impossible with him. Because with God, he said, with God, Jesus said, all things are possible. Hallelujah. All things are possible. So what is impossible with God? What's impossible with God? Nothing, nothing, that is exactly right. Nothing is impossible with him. Hallelujah. Do you believe that today? I tell you, I believe that I stand on that every day. (laughs) Glory to God. I I, I say to the Lord, Lord, I I know you've said it. I know you've promised it. and Let it be today. If everything doesn't happen today, I get up tomorrow morning and I say, Lord, I know you said it. I know you've promised it. Let it be today. If it doesn't all happen today, that's Tuesday by then. If it doesn't all happen, then I get up Wednesday and I say, Lord, let it happen today. Let it, let it happen. Let it come in prayer meeting tonight. Let it happen today. Let it doesn't happen Wednesday. I get up Thursday morning. I say, God, you're still there. So is the mountain. But I know this you've got a plan to get me on the other side of it. <laughs> You've got a plan to get me on the other side of it. I don't know what that plan is, but I know your plan is perfect, and I know you can do it, and I know you will do it, and your time is coming, and you're ready to do it, and I'm ready for you, Lord, when you're ready. You know, I've never, I've never, the one thing God has never got me on board with is how he does things. I I, I still sometimes struggle with it. I'll admit it. I'm perfectly spiritual in every other way. That's the only <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that's just one of the things that I, I don't have the answer on yet. How God does it. You know, I don't like I don't like for things to happen. Kind of under the cover behind the scenes. And then you gotta, oh wait, that was God. And wait, I like for God when He gets ready to do something, send a bolt of lightning. Followed by an immediate huge thunderclap. I want him to say, listen. Now here's your miracle. And I want to see it just like that. Is anybody else like that? I know you all are. (laughs) Because that's the way we are. But listen to this. God has a way of taking us across. He has this sea that's before us may not be opened up with the waters rolled back as Moses did. It may not be. It may be that God puts a nice, comfortable boat down there for us to roll across on the other side. But I will tell you this. However God gets us from one side of the seashore to the side he wants us to be on, he will put us there. However God plans to take us through the mountain, around it, above it, Through it, whatever it is, whatever his plan is, God will perfect his plan if we walk with him, and God will do it, and when God does it, then he has done the impossible. Because God is the one who answers prayer. God is the one who says, yes, yes, yes. And with the Lord, it's never yes and maybe. It's always, it's never yes and no. With the Lord, it's always yes and amen. That is, let it be so. Yes, and let it be so. They tell me that I, okay, my message is through. But I'm going to add this part. <laughs> so forgive me for this part. My wife tells me I shouldn't feel this way. There's a song we sing. He gives, he gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. Well, I don't know which song it is. And I'm not just criticizing songs. I mean, just, it is what it is. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I guess I am, Chris. Well, anyway. But I, you know, I don't like to stand up and say, he gives and takes away, he gives and takes away. I got enough people telling me he'll take it away. <laughs> I, know I got enough people coming me he won't take it away. I'm ready for somebody to say, I'm gonna give it to you and give it to you and give it to you till it overflows, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. I'm gonna give it to you, and I'm gonna keep on giving it to you till you know goodness, mercy are following you every day of the life. I'm gonna give it to you till you're able to say, My cup runneth over. I'm gonna give it to you till you know there's an abundance. And even when I give you all that you're asking for and more than you're asking for, don't worry, I haven't run out because I still got an abundant supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. I'm glad I added that on. Everybody stand with me, please. (laughs) Everybody stand with me. Oh, hallelujah. You know, this morning, my friends, the greatest impossibility you can experience transforming into possibility is if you don't Know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. is to know him, find him as your Savior. That's the greatest miracle that will ever happen in your life. Jesus transforming you from, a, from sin to righteousness. Greatest thing that can ever happen.